are now listening to the Zesty Soak Pod. Zesty. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Zesty Soak Pod, a season one finale. Um, this episode, it won't be really anything special, just like usual episodes, except today I'll be doing a, a quick review and, I guess, my thoughts on Shang-Chi and The Legend of Ten Rings, movie that just came out um, a few days ago. And I got to watch it on Labor Day with my dad. Um, so yeah, um, as I guess I mentioned before, um, this is the season finale of episode one. I mean, of season one of the Zesty Zoipod. So um, yeah, it's been a great journey so far um, over the last four, four I guess, 20-ish weeks. And um, I guess, yeah, I guess this will be a quick season finale. And overall, I guess, let's talk about the movie. Um, the movie was really great overall. Um I really enjoyed it. Um, of course, this is one of, um, I guess, Marvel Studios' like origin story movies, so not really, so not really like anything like um, story breaking or things that I guess change how the Marvel Cinematic Universe works, like like these Avengers movies or stuff like that. Um, I guess it's, and I think this is one of the best ones for sure, um, given um, it's a very unique story. Um, the, obviously, the editing is amazing. The CGI was on point, and yeah, it was a very compelling story throughout. Um, my first Asian film, I guess, major, like pretty much like Asian superhero film, which was really nice as well. Um, um, I, and I guess in some ways, it's kind of like Black Panther in that um, it is a very cultural, groundbreaking film, and it's a very good one as well. Even though I guess many of the plot elements are very different compared to Black Panther. Um, I guess, similar to Black Panther, like, in my opinion, um, the villain is a bit underwhelming. Um, and in this film, obviously, spoiler ahead, um, don't really know who the real villain is. Um, well, like, yeah, we do know that it is, um, Shang-Chi's dad, pretty much for 90% of the film until, I guess, the climax when the dweller in darkness consumes his soul, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, it's pretty underwhelming in that he didn't really I guess you could say he beat his dad, like he was able to, like Shang-Chi was able to be nice enough in um, fighting techniques, or just, not, not, like he became strong enough to, like, control the Ten Rings, despite, like, his father was actively using it to try to kill him, like, Shang-Chi was able to, like, I guess, control and manipulate the Ten Rings, not sure if the Ten Rings, like, respond to one user or multiple users at once, but it seems like I guess he's the destined um, possessor of the Ten Rings now, but yeah, he was able to, I guess, disarm his father um, on their f- during the final fight, and I guess, yeah, he ch- he's still a good guy at the end, he doesn't really kill his father, he spares him, like, as we saw him, like, toss the Ten Rings aside, like, he had his father just disarmed, all that kind of stuff, etc. Um, but, yeah, overall, his, like, seemed pretty underwhelming in that, like, yeah, we did see, like, Shang-Chi go through a lot throughout the film, like, reconnecting with family, um, like, as from, from the beginning, we thought he was just some average, um, some average, I guess, like, person working, like, a, like, working class job, like, labor job, and the valet service, and then we see him, the first fight in the bus, or in the streetcar, which is really awesome, a really nice choreographed fight. Um, and we knew he was like pretty much fully trained, the real deal, 
And that kind of made this origin story a bit more compelling as well, given that um, it was already some super, like, what, a really, really good martial fight, arts fighter, like, able to, like, pretty much beat um, the squad of, I guess, Ten Rings members that his father sent for him. But, yeah, in terms of, I guess, off off topic here, but, like, yeah, back to his father. I don't didn't really do too many villainous stuff. Like, we did see him, I guess, take over um, t- topple governments, um, take over, like, other people, like, I guess, like, exact revenge through death and blood. And just using the Ten Rings in, like, yeah, villainous fashion. But it, was, it wasn't really too direct to the overall plot of the film. Like, um, I guess the overall plot was that his father was trying to get to the like the seal where he thinks his wife is being kept but isn't, and then um, he and he breaks he breaks it a bit and finds out that like the dweller darkness dragon enemy thing is I guess the real villain since I guess it was somehow brainwashing his father to do all the kind of stuff since I guess he hears voices um, of his dead deceased wife, um, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could definitely see it was evil. Like, um, he was saying he'll burn down the whole, like, um, ancient, like, secret city. Like, what is it called? Um, Talo. Um, but yeah, he was a villain, but it didn't really seem super compelling. But overall, like, the whole flow of the story, the whole flow of the film, like, it's more of a journey for me. It wasn't really, in particular, like, didn't really need a villain since, I guess, it was mostly like Shang Chi, like, discovering family like, family origins, all that kind of stuff, like, him going from San Francisco to, like, I guess, Macau, to the headquarters of the Ten Rings, and all the way to Talo. Um, but yeah, definitely his father was a big part of that. Um, and then when he died, I guess, um, he, Shang-Chi got the Ten Rings from him, and it was emitting, I guess, orange color now, which I guess is good, and the blue color from his a purplish color from his dad is evil. Still not too sure what's the big deal of colors, but I guess I guess I guess the orange-ish color, like orange yellowish color, kinda resembles what the sorcerers, the good sorcerers like um Doctor Strange, Wong, etc. use during I guess Doctor Strange films and all that kind of stuff for like the portals, sling rings, um their shields, weapons, etc. So maybe yellow means good, I guess. And yeah, he was able to like use it really well and somehow um, destroy pretty much the Dweller Darkness thing. Um, he got great assistance from the dragon. Like dragon scenes are pretty nice. Like CGI was pretty smooth to me. Like I have no complaints about any of the CGI feeling choppy, feeling weird. Like felt pretty good overall, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, it was pretty cool seeing the dragon revive Shang Chi and. <clears throat> Yeah, um, I guess Shang-Chi just used ten rings, create this, um, and just attack the Dweller in Darkness and destroy it. Um, those did seem kind of underwhelming. There's no, like, trick to it, I guess. Shang-Chi was just able to overpower that evil monster using the ten rings. But, um, yeah, part of it why I feel it's underwhelming is because, like, that big dragon thing basically came out, got a bunch of souls, I guess, um, harvested a bunch of souls thanks to his minions, um... I guess killed his father. Um, then I guess almost took the harvested the soul of the dragon, except 
I guess um, Shang-Chi was able to save in time. Um, somehow, the dragon was actually overpowering it before it was able to consume the souls. Like, um, the evil Dweller Darkness thing um, consumed, I guess, a few souls from its... But then, and it broke out. And then it was was able to pretty much be... Um, be I guess you could say defeated by the good dragon in Talo. I guess the dragon has special abilities to manipulate water and stuff and was able to like subdue it a bit, but I guess it was fed more souls from its minions and got even stronger, but um, yeah, I guess it didn't really feel like the evil Dweller Darkness thing did too much. Reminded me a bit of like Dormammu from Doctor Strange. Um, Dormammu didn't do too much yet. You could say it, it did. It was like consuming the Sanctum Sanctorum or something, or like it was causing havoc. But it didn't really do too much at the end of the day. And yeah, um, it felt like the dragon didn't do too much. It like killed a lot of people, of course. But yeah, it just felt like it wasn't like a big villain, and it's something I'm fine with. Like I'm used to it at, with Marvel movies at this point. Um, like, pretty much setting up the heroes for, I guess, bigger threats ahead. Um, though, I guess the villain backstory was very nice. Like, I enjoyed, like, seeing the duality of father and son throughout the film. Um, like, seeing how his father basically trained him, um, as some assassin. And how his father was, like, thousands of years old and super powerful as well. And how Shang-Chi, like, responded to him. Like, how their relationship... I guess kind of got better at the very end somehow since um, he and his sister were quite sad that their father died. Which makes sense given that he did raise them for many years as well. But he was quite evil in the same sense. Obviously not a happy scene for sure. Um, though, yeah, we heard the origin story from um, Shang-Chi's aunt, I guess, Yang Nan. Um, they, I guess they talk about like how Dweller in Darkness, um, apparently, um, is, like, super powerful, like, this isn't the only Talo or something, and different universes and whatnot, so, I guess that part's a bit hand-wavy to me, given that I thought the Darkness Dweller thing is super powerful, but if something like Ten Rings can stop it, then I guess there's a lot more to be explored with the Ten Rings, maybe in future films and whatnot, given the post credit scene. Which was pretty nice as well. Um, got to see Captain Marvel on screen again, as well as Bruce Banner on screen. Um, the comedy was obviously pretty nice throughout. Like, definitely a lot of comedic relief. So it isn't really like a super thriller film, of course. Like Aquafina, um, pretty much um, nice comedy. Um, Great side character as well, like, I guess she's kind of like the person who's doesn't really have any superpower or skills, and it's just kind of like someone the audience can relate to to some degree, I guess. I guess she did help in defeating the big dragon Dweller in Darkness beast by shooting an arrow to it, sniped it on his neck, and was able to buy Shang-Chi some time to, I guess, save his sister and... Um, get back onto the, I guess, the protector dragon thing and um, prevent its soul being sucked. And yeah, like, I guess one of the things I liked about, like, one, I guess, pretty cool moment about the film was that, when, like, when Shang-Chi's sister was being wrapped around by a tentacle of, like, I guess, one of the Dweller in Darkness or one of its minions, like, he, like, she was about to fall off, but then he was holding on to her and then 
she told him to let go, but then he said, no, I can't leave you, like, I, like he's not going to leave her like he did when he was, like, 17 years old or something, like, he's not going to leave her, and that was, like, damn, like, he, they connected to a part where he was, like, a teenager and he left her, but now he wasn't, which was pretty nice, pretty emotional, kind of emotional, I guess, and I showed that he grew up, um, because he's not afraid anymore, um, yeah, I'm also, I guess I also enjoyed, like, another comedic element, um, Trevor Slattery, who was basically the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, as we know, he was an actor, basically, for the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, um, an actor who, I guess, represented, um, the Killian dude, um, the, I guess the real Mandarin or whatnot, but, yeah, um, I guess they, they made a few references to Iron Man 3 there, like the Mandarin. Um, it was pretty cool um, to see how they all connected. Like, this was the real Ten Rings. So much more powerful than what they showed in those previous films. And yeah, gotta agree with it. Um, and I guess some stuff like like with this film and some other films before, like post-Endgame, it's really interesting to see that like what the consequences of like the stuff about it like. They only made one reference to, I guess, half the universe disappearing or something, but it's interesting to, I guess, wonder, like, what happened to the Ten Rings during the snap. Like, do the Ten Rings possess some power to prevent it? Um, or does, or did the um, villain, I guess, Wenwu, um, the the main, the Shang-Chi's dad, like, what happened to him during when everything, the blip snap happened? Like, I guess in Black Widow, you can't really reference it since it takes place before um, Endgame and the previous film before that um, was Far From Home, and it perfectly addressed it through many different plot scenes and elements. In this one, I'm not really too sure what happens to all these characters, especially the main ones during Endgame, but not too important. I'm just curious to see how, the, didn't really explain how, like, does Ten Rings have, have anything to do with it or, like, can prevent some elements happening. Um, I'd say the Ten Rings, like, definitely seems quite underpowered in this film, in my opinion. Um, or a bit underwhelming overall, if that's what, the, if we saw the full potential of the Ten Rings in this film. I guess that's mostly because, like, yeah, I guess the Ten Rings helps you fly like Iron Man, like, just burst energy on the ground. I guess you can manipulate it to so it could be, like, different weapons. It has, like, some colored energy flying into it, but, like, I don't know, it's just... You, you, we saw like the Wenwu when he sees um, um his dad meets Chang Li's dad meets mom for the first time. Like, despite him having the ten rings, she was able to overpower him. So is like the martial arts of kung fu or whatnot, um, stronger like stronger than a possessor of ten rings? Mind that he has already he used it for thousands of or I guess, I'm not sure if it's thousands, but at least hundreds of years. But, um, somehow she was able to defeat him with that and I think that was pretty interesting to see like maybe despite all that he has still so much knowledge to unlock about the Ten Rings since um and I think it's possible that like in the future um like as we know like Wong like there's like more smarter beings out there that can help I guess Shang-Chi unlock more potential like see um, bring out the true potential of the Ten Rings Whereas, I guess, Wenwu, his dad, 
I guess he was pretty isolated. Like, he was always the strongest guy his whole life. Like, he didn't meet with any of the Eternals. He didn't, um, he didn't come in contact with the Affinity Stones or whatever. So, I guess his knowledge of the Ten Rings or whatnot might be limited. Even though I guess he did have some Chinese books and we saw his manuscripts. I guess that provided some knowledge of martial arts and Ten Rings or whatnot, but... Um... Like, yeah, I guess the best thing I could do is grant immortality, which I'd say is pretty sick. Um, it's kind of like, I guess, the super soldier serum, in a way. So I so I guess, like, super soldier serum, and you could use it whenever you want, aka when you put it on, um, you don't age. When you take it off, you do age. So I guess there's that, but, like, even though they're mystical weapons, um, I found it it's really cool to see, like, the visual effects and how they played out, but... Still a bit disappointed by it. Like, can I have any like magical powers like th what the sorcerers do to some extent? Like, I don't know. Um, though, relative to I guess older Marvel films, like this would be a really good weapon. Like, I would be impressed by it. But given all the Marvel films that came up before, um, like all those like Infinity Stones, all that kind of stuff, like. Like how does the Ten Rings stack up to it? And I guess the post-credit scene might um, allude to the, maybe them addressing that in the future. So, yeah, I'll be pretty hyped to see like what the beacon of the Ten Ring, the Ten Rings, or the beacon what's signaling like how like the other potential uses for it. Maybe aside from fighting, necessarily. But yeah, that's pretty interesting. Overall, yeah, the plot um, isn't. One of the better ones for sure. Um, like as of late, I guess most of the plots I, I personally enjoy have enjoyed from the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. Uh, this one is really nice and unique as well. Like, um, kind of addresses the family element, a bit similar to Black Widow in the way that um, um, siblings reunite. Kind of. <laughs> um, overall, yeah, I guess I said it before the villain is a bit like underwhelming, relatively speaking, maybe. Thanos had raised my expectations too high, but maybe, like, give Shang-Chi a bigger challenge. Like, we did see it, him, like, pretty much get destroyed by his dad and whatnot, but still feels a bit too easy for me. It still felt like the, the Darkness Dweller thing is have been too easy, but overall it's still nice. Like, this is just a tiny nitpick. Um, obviously, I don't really care. I, I, I guess... I do care, it's a bit interesting about, like, I guess, his sister being a new leader of the Ten Rings, like, I guess that can set up for the next Shang-Chi film, or maybe a crossover or something, I'm not too sure. Like, obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe is expanding really quickly. Um, yeah, just really, not sure, maybe Shang-Chi might have a cameo in the new Spider-Man film, like, that would be super exciting as well, and I'd... It's given that Wong, we saw Wong in the trailer for that, and you never know. There's stuff dealing with universes, multiverses. I think Shang-Chi might play maybe even a cameo in it, but we'll have to see. And the acting is pretty solid, I guess. Like, I don't really care. It's, it's a nice, entertaining film. I don't really notice, didn't really notice any bad things about it. Um, yeah. And I guess that should be it for the Ryu of Shang-Chi and The Legend of Ten Rings. Great film to watch. I 
really enjoyed watching it. Um, I guess the villain part, yeah, as I mentioned before, quite underwhelming. But of course, this is an origin um, film for standalone like hero. Pretty culturally culturally groundbreaking. Um, great, of course, great action scenes, incredible action scenes. Um, great choreography, great uh, visuals for sure, great editing. And overall, a very, very solid film that I'd highly, highly recommend for pretty much anyone to watch. At the end of the day, I'm going to rate this at 8.4 out of 10. Um, obviously, there aren't really like... It's a really nice action film. The plot's nice, but I'd have to give it just an 8.4 because... Maybe it might increase, maybe if I marinate a bit longer and I might increase the rating, but like comparing it to like like bigger films, I guess, doesn't really stack up to it. Like I know this is a film on its own, but if I'm comparing it to like The Dark Knight, stuff like that, like standalone films, superhero films that still like mesmerize me, that still has a very compelling villain, I'll rate it higher, but overall still a great film. Um like it could be like an eight four, or I could even give it, even up to like an eight six or eight nine, but for now it's just an eight four. Um, we'll have to see. Maybe I'll view it a second time. Maybe I'll discover things that I've missed, and maybe my opinion will change overall. But for now it's an eight four. But but yeah, for sure it's one of the top ten Marvel films, Marvel Cinematic Universe films that's out right now, that has been released. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, top 10, maybe not top 5 for me, but definitely top 10. Um, I loved it. It's only 8-4 because obviously there's some nitpicks, quite a bit of nitpicks for me, but I still enjoyed it quite a lot. Still a nice journey, but obviously I've seen better Marvel Cinematic Universe films, so that's why I'm 8-4, as I repeat for the 10th time. So yeah, overall, I guess this is the final episode of the Zesty Zoe Pod Season 1. Um, couldn't have... I guess, pretty good way to end it off with reviewing, I guess, finally viewing an entire film, like my first time back in the theaters in basically almost two years. And this is a great film to kick off my return to watching movies in theaters, given that every time I watch something at home, I end up skipping a few things here and there because obviously I do get bored at times and don't want to just be stationary and watching a movie but, of course, the theaters, I'm forced to watch the whole thing. Glad I did for this one. And glad it was very entertaining, very enjoyable, very satisfying ending, of course. And hopefully I'll just be as satisfied um, to end the Zesty Zoe Pod Season 1 on a pretty high note. Um, so, yeah, that should be it for this episode and this season of the Zesty Zoe Pod. Um... Yeah, thanks everyone for the support. Thanks to all the listeners again that have been listening. Um, yeah, it's been a really good journey. Doing pretty much daily podcast episodes for the last 20 weeks. Um, something I'd pretty much never imagined um, in April or like in April or like in the beginning of the year. Um, definitely sometimes felt like a grind, but overall, um, talking about different topics, experiencing the podcast, podcasting, Life for the first time um, feels cool, I guess. Uh, gotta get the money worth it for the podcast host subscription plan or whatnot for my first year. And yeah, for sure, this has been worth it.
So, yeah, again, thanks everyone for the support. Thanks for listening to the season one of the Zesty Zoe Pod. Season two will probably be, the season premiere of season two will probably be out within the next few days, maybe the next week, but obviously it won't be daily episodes. But yeah, overall, great experience. Thanks to everyone listening, and stay zesty.